So let's talk about scheduling. And for scheduling is basically the idea of if we have multiple jobs or tasks or even virtual machines and containers that we want to put on the same cluster and but somehow have to run them one after the other and they're um, coming uh, yeah, in some kind of order, then basically the, the making the decision on how to put this onto the cluster. And uh, so the basic idea is let me get this. So is um, we have uh, a scheduler that deploys something like a program or a task or a complete container. And it does this kind of orchestration and uh, resource negotiation between the clients. So the clients say, okay, my containers need this and that much uh, space on the cluster. And we have many of these requests from the clients coming in and then the scheduler somehow manages this. And typically uh, these, these tasks come in, this, in some kind of resource bundles. So they, are, they need a certain amount of CPU, memory and devices. And uh, for clusters and for containers, um, examples are Kubernetes. So Kubernetes can schedule Docker containers. We have Yarn, which schedules um, MapReduce tasks. And then we have Amazon ECS, Microsoft ACS, the Docker Swarm, uh, and Mesos for Spark jobs, for example. And so right now we're interested in, in cluster scheduling. So we have a cluster, many machines, and uh, we have jobs that are coming in. So say, for example, MapReduce jobs, and how do we schedule them concurrently on the cluster? So how do we make sure that all of them are run? Um, at the same time, the cluster is nicely utilized, et cetera. And the jobs require the same resources, meaning same processor, memory, disk, and network resources. So of course they can be on different nodes, but probably they'll need multiple nodes at the same time. And so the scheduling goals is that we have a good throughput and, uh, or a good response time. And for the cluster owner, of course, a good throughput is good for the user. Good response time is good. And, uh, for the cluster owner, also a higher utilization of resources is good. And also if you're, if you like, uh, own a cloud or use a cloud, then still you want to utilize the resources uh, in a useful or uh, at a maximum utilization so that you're not wasting the resources. And so the question then is which job to run when? And here we have an example. So we have three jobs that take different amount of time if you rerun them on the complete cluster or on, a on one node, etc. And uh, they, yeah, so they take under different amount of time and they arrive at different uh, times. And then there's different strategies on how to schedule them. And so the first and most simple strategy is the first in, first out scheduling that all of you should know. This is also called first come, first serve. Uh, and this is typical single processor, single queue setup. So, and what we do is um, we have a single job queue and all of the jobs go into this queue in the order of arrival and are dequeued uh, in the order of arrival. And as soon, essentially, as the, uh, when the processor is free, the next job will go onto the processor. And this means in our example, where we have these three jobs, what happens is that we start with the first job. When the first job is finished, we put the next job in and then the third job. 
And I mean, it's a simple way of doing this, but also a problem is that their average completion time of the job is fairly high because it always depends on the longest running job essentially or on the earlier jobs. So here in the example, we have these three jobs. And um, if we consider all of them arrive at the same time and we start with the longest job, then in total, we have a fairly long completion time. If we consider here the arrival times actually, so then, so I mean, to compute um, the average completion time, we basically take all of the individual completion times and divide it by the number of jobs. And here we, we computed this from the start time. So all of the jobs basically uh, arrive at zero. But if we do it at the arrival times that we see here in the example, so job one starts at zero, um, job two arrives at two, and job three arrives at uh, time five, then uh, we basically would have to subtract, subtract, subtract this here um, from the from the uh, 43 in the sum. So then we get an, an average or an average completion time still of 12 in this example. So considering the actual arrival time. And, but, and this is high on average. And you'll see um, if we do this differently. So if we do the shortest task first scheduling, for example, then uh, this means we, we maintain the jobs in the queue in a decreasing order of runtime. And whenever the processor is free, we again dequeue the head, but we start with the shortest running uh, task first. And if all of the jobs in our example arrive at the same time, at time zero, this means that we would actually start with job three and we execute them in the same order. And then you can see if they arrive at the same time, we start with the shortest job that we get actually a much smaller uh, average completion time. And this is actually the shortest completion time that we can get, which in this kind of, uh, case is 9.66 uh, time units, whatever this is. And um, this is an example of priority scheduling. So rather than getting, using the actual order of income uh, of arrival, um, we do some additional priorities scheduling. So we sort the, the, the incoming jobs by an other factor, and in this case, by the, the length. And uh, it's also possible to give a user-provided priority. So that would be another uh, way of doing this. Another form of scheduling is so-called round-robin scheduling. And in this case, rather than just running one job to completion, what we do is that we use quantums. So we use certain time units to run a portion of the task at the queue head. And, uh, but we don't run it necessarily to uh, completion, but we preempt process by saving the state and resume them later. And this always when uh, they have used up their quantum. And uh, then they will be added to the end of the queue. And the next job at the beginning, at the head of the queue will be, um, will be started. And so in our example, again, this would look like this. So rather than running the full job, uh, job one to the end, we'll run job uh, one until the next job arrives. And uh, then we'll start using these quantums. So when job two arrives, basically we'll, we'll run uh, job two for one quantum. So walk for one time unit, then start with job one again. <clears throat> do job two again, and then job three arrives. So then we'll have job three also in the queue. 
and it will go to the uh, head of the queue. So it will be run. Then um, job two, uh, job one again, job three, uh, job two, then job three again. And this goes on until all of the jobs are completed. And this is good for interactive jobs because in this case, every job makes progress. So none of the jobs really has to wait forever. And then you, of course, you want to have a quantum which is not too large in, in order to have some interactivity on each job. Now, this is for processes in general, and, but it of course can also be used for, for containers, for cloud, etc. But in a cloud, we really have multiple user, users with multiple jobs. And uh, the users or the individual users or individual jobs are also called tenants. And, and the cloud itself is a multi-tenant system. So we have to consider different users that somehow have to uh, work on the cluster, but need isolation. So they, they should not see their other, uh, other uh, tenants data, et cetera, and, and jobs and, and everything. So we have to schedule the, the jobs in isolation in the cluster with the amount of resources that they need. So we have to schedule all jobs. Um, we need some kind of fairness. So all jobs get done eventually uh, and not one job gets all of the cluster all of the time. And we need this high utilization. So somehow we have to ensure that um, we're not blocking the cluster uh, with something that's not doing anything or we, we somehow pack the cluster full. So we add as many jobs as we can. And for Hadoop, this is done by Yarn. So Yarn is the research manager um, for Hadoop. And it, besides a FIFO uh, scheduler, as we saw that we saw earlier, it also has a capacity scheduler and a fair scheduler. And in Yarn, the scheduling done, is done in containers. And uh, so we have a, a node manager and the resource manager, so the client sends their job to the resource manager and specifies how much uh, memory and how much CPU, etc., the job needs. And then the research manager distributes the job on the nodes. And the node manager uh, then has multiple containers. One of the node managers will be, will be the app master. And um, the containers usually are something like a, a, yeah, a real container and will um, will uh, then have certain CPU resources, have certain memory uh, resources. And so one thing is the, uh, the FIFO uh, scheduler, but we also have the capacity scheduler. And what the capacity scheduler does, it has multiple queues. And in each queue, it will just use uh, something like a FIFO queue um, but each of the queue gets a, uh, of the um, uh, capacity gets a certain capacity of the cluster, and also we can have hierarchies of queues. And what we basically what that basically means is we can give limits to each queue, which give a certain percentage of the cluster to um, one of the queue. So say for example we have two business units. Uh, one gets 80% of the cluster, one gets 20% of the cluster. And then we have the soft limit, which basically says, okay, you get at least 80% of the cluster and the other um, business unit gets at least 20% of the cluster. So every job that, uh, whenever there's a job in the queue uh, in, the, in the second uh, 
business for the second business unit, it is guaranteed to get at least 20% of the cluster. We can also set a hard limit, which basically says it gets at most X percent of the cluster. And uh, so the, this is basically required if, for example, we have, uh, we say this uh, queue should always have at least 20% of the cluster ready. Uh, so it can start right away. Then we ensure that the other um, queue doesn't like has a hard limit, so it cannot go beyond this limit. And um, so essentially, there's no uh, stopping jobs. Um, and so we need to wait for jobs to finish in order to change any kind of queue limits. And what is done for the limits is really the memory requirements. And this is, uh, this is all, all true for both uh, Hadoop schedulers. Um, for like by default, it's always about the memory. So how much memory does a job get? And uh, so we can basically say um, QA gets 30% of the memory, QB gets 50% of the memory, QC gets 20% uh, of the memory. And this would be soft limits. And then uh, Q, if there's only jobs in QA, they can also fill up the whole cluster. Unless we have a hard limit, say we could say, uh, say QA has 30% uh, soft limit and 50% hard limit, then it can fill up to 50% of the cluster. And, but it's guaranteed to have at least 20, 30% of the cluster. So um, an example would be uh, Q1 has 80%, Q2 has 20% of the cluster. The other scheduler in Hadoop is uh, the Hadoop fair scheduler. And in this case, we again have queues. So we have jobs that go into, which are then processed in a FIFO order for each queue. And again, by default, we, we um, split the, the cluster up um, on the memory requirements. And in the fair scheduler, um, each of the queues gets an equal share of the cluster. So if we have two, uh, two uh, queues, then, or two, two jobs, then both get 50% of the cluster. If we have a single uh, job, then it gets the full cluster. And if we have three jobs, each gets a third of the cluster. And uh, so in the, in the end, we basically divide the cluster in pools. And one uh, pool, or one, each user gets one pool. And each pool has the same resources. And in the pool, again, we have the FIFO or FAIR scheduling. And um, the, if a pool has minimum shares, this means that we can, also, we can also set a minimum share. This means that each uh, pool gets at least, say, for example, 10% of the cluster. And if that is not available, then we can take containers from others. So say we can have, uh, we start with a single job. So the, the job gets everything, the whole cluster. Now another uh, job also needs, um, needs capacity. So then uh, we say, okay, at minimum uh, 10%. So then we'll take 10% uh, of the containers from the single job that has all of the resources and they will then uh, be, simply be killed. And we can have maximum uh, or can have limits on the maximum number of jobs or the maximum uh, pools per user or jobs per pool or, or per user. And again, both uh, schedulers were based on the memory 
and they can also be based on CPU. And then for Mesos, actually, they, they introduced something called the dominant resource fair scheduling. And this is also available in Hadoop uh, now, but it, it was first introduced by Mesos. And here the idea is that we get, give each, um, each job or pool the same share of the, the, um, of the dominant resource. So this basically means, and we can schedule, I mean, if we schedule a job, we give it, uh, we say this job needs X amount of memory and X amount of CPU. Um, so X processes basically say, for example, threads. And based on this, we can calculate the largest percentage of the job of the cluster. So based on how much memory it needs, how much uh, CPU it needs, we can say, um, our cluster, for example, has four, let's make it simple, four CPUs and eight gigabytes of RAM. And our uh, job needs one, giga, uh, one CPU and one gigabyte of RAM. Then it needs more of the percentage of the CPU than it needs of the memory, right? So if we schedule this job four times on the cluster, it will have consumed all of the CPU resources, but there's still memory available. So the dominant resource in this case is the CPU. And so in another example, so we have a cloud with 18 CPUs and 36 gigabytes of RAM. And we have one job that has two CPUs and eight gigabytes of RAM. And we have one job that has six CPUs and two gigabytes of RAM. Then we can compute the same and you can right away see, right? So the first job is really has more RAM um, and their RAM is the uh, dominant resource. But of course, this is relative to the to the cloud. And for the second job, we need many more CPUs and a lot less RAM. So in this case, the CPUs are the dominant resource. And so if we look at the requirements uh, for job one, we need two out of the 18 CPUs, so one ninth. And for RAM, we need eight out of the 36 um, gigabytes of RAM. So two over nine. And so this is RAM dominant because we need more share of the RAM. And for job two, we have six out of the 18 CPUs and two out of the 36 gigabytes of RAM. So here uh, we have six over 18. So um, here, it, this is uh, one third of the CPU resources versus one eighteenth of the uh, RAM resources. So this is clearly CPU dominant. And we can also compare them based on the on the um, uh, their dominant resource, and here we can see that job one RAM is job like is equals job two uh, CPUs. So I mean we're not comparing them, but we're setting them uh, as we're we're setting them to the same and use a linear program to solve this. Uh, so then basically uh, we can do give job one two thirds of the RAM and job two two thirds of the CPU. So and of the total CPUs. And then uh, this basically means using this uh, calculation, uh, we can give the resources based on, so meaning that uh, if we say two thirds of the CPU, um, then job um, job two gets basically uh, let me calculate two thirds is like uh, twelve CPUs, 
and job one gets uh, two thirds of the RAM. So um, to 18, um, am I right? No, 24 gigabytes of RAM and accordingly the amount of CPUs. And so this is basically the way how we can schedule this then in the end. And uh, if we say, uh, or based on this, we get a fair scheduling based on the, uh, the dominant resource. <clears throat> and this is also, as I said, available in MapReduce in Yarn uh, now. And if we have the scheduling, then we can properly allocate or we are put our jobs in the cluster. And well, one thing where we also need this, of course, is in the, in the cloud. And this I'll discuss in the next video. <laughs>